Liberation is liberation! Contradiction is truth! Those are the facts of this world! And you will all surrender to them! You pigs in human clothing! Here we are with episode eight of Tech Tools. Welcome back. I am Dean Ledwig, broadcasting from my bunker in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And with me, as always... And I'm Scott Dunlop, reporting from an abandoned missile silo in Lukenbach, Texas. How are you folks doing? <laughs> well, I hope everybody's better than they were last Monday. Absolutely. Uh, apparently, last Monday, a lot of people were a uh, little perturbed, I guess would be a good word. And many people were frantic because they couldn't get into Facebook, Instagram, or WhatsApp. Well, we'll get to that story in a minute, but first, we have to identify ourselves. Let's do it. Come on, don't give me something strange. And I am um, an empty mailbox. <laughs> And I am a difficult fifth wheel hitch. Dude, you need to have that wheel looked at. I think it's broken, man. Something's going on here. There's, there is definitely something broken here. I apologize, folks. The, the It's probably not just the wheel either. The wheel of genders is going crazy here. Well, you know, you can make up what you want to be, so. I guess so, it man. It tells us that... Uh, I don't know. It, it, it makes up a lot of stuff. This is getting beyond reason. I don't know. I'm probably going to have to discontinue this. Well, go ahead with your story on Facebook. All right. Well, apparently they're explaining. Oh, yes. Uh-oh. We forgot our theme. Hold on. Do it. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Because that always works, turning it off and on again. <laughs> exactly. It's Windows. Have you rebooted? It's Windows. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. So anyway, Facebook is, um, they've come out in a, a blog post uh, to explain how its October 4th outage started. Um, oh, saying tell, that, tell me more. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> saying that what should have been routine maintenance turned into something else. Now, first off, I want, I want to make something very clear to our listeners. There are a lot of tech shows, uh, a lot of tech podcasts, and they're mostly done by people that are not real tech people. Mm -hmm. You know, they've, they've maybe worked in the industry a little bit, but we are what's known as Ben's. Well, they're bloggers. Yes. Is what they are. They're you know, bloggers. A lot of them are writers. A lot of them are, you know, John T. Dvorak. Brilliant guy. Yeah. Wrote a lot of great stuff. I remember reading his stuff in PC Magazine mm -hmm. uh, years and years ago. Talks tech a lot. He's never sat at a, you know, somebody's broken terminal and try to fix it. Uh, whereas Scott and I, we actually are and currently are, you know, a couple of, couple of guys named Ben. Yeah. I mean, I build all my own machines and build all my own servers. I even build my own SANS. I've done I've done the same thing. I've been a Unix systems engineer since uh, 1992. Are you just been a Unix? 
Well, I, you know, I was kind of trying to keep that under wraps, but <laughs> so, you know, stories like this, um, we can kind of break them down a little bit and analyze what they're saying and what they're not saying, you know, kind of like some of the, like, well, uh, no agenda is good at that with regular news stories. We're pretty good at that with, with tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I want to say about just the clickbait headline that you said yes, is that how can that happen under maintenance to shut down the whole system? I mean, we're talking clustered servers over different continents. Yes. And the redundancy built into just the Facebook infrastructure, they have thousands and thousands of servers. Now, I will say that if if that is true, which I'm kind of doubtful, if that's true, then... Their system engineers, either they are incompetent or they had somebody that they shouldn't have in a data center. We need the price is right bell that goes ding, 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 ding. I got one. (laughs) That's close. That's close enough. The price is almost right. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I did some research for a company back in 2011 or 12. uh, And at the time, Facebook had 60,000 servers. And they were adding them daily. Oh, yeah. They were adding hundreds daily. Yeah. Easily. And, uh, you know, after a while, they don't... If Facebook were was asked right now, they would not know how many servers they have. Mm-hmm. They would not be able to give you an accurate count. Anyway, so the article reads, Following Monday's massive service outage that took out all of its services, Facebook has published a blog post detailing what happened. Oh, a blog post? Yes. Wow. I mean, that's that's how you do it, right? Uh, according to Santosh Janardhan. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the company's vice president of infrastructure. The outage, started, the outage started with what should have been a routine maintenance. At some point yesterday, or at some point Monday, a command was issued that was supposed to assess the availability of the backbone network that connects all of Facebook's disparate computing facilities. Instead, the order unintentionally took those connections down. <laughs> Janardhan, hold on, I smell okay. an RGE, a resume <laughs> generating event. Uh-huh. Oh, he's, yeah, he's sweating bullets right now. He's not gonna get good uh, reviews Yeah. Um, or references. Jannard Hands then says a bug in the company's internal audit system did not properly prevent the command from executing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm. I can't say with one hundred percent certainty, but based on my experience, based on my knowledge of of computers and networks, and redundancy, and you know all those things. That sounds like a lie. Well, yeah. Okay, so part of it, I understand where they're going with this. So they have their servers, then they have a backbone infrastructure. Right, right. Which runs on an entirely different set of servers. Yes. I get that. But if they've got those clustered together where they run commands just, and it spreads the command throughout the entire network, they've lost redundancy. Yeah. They're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to take down a segment and leave another segment alone, run yes. the test, run the patch, yes. whatever they've got to do. And then once that passes, then they can propagate that 
through each one, but you don't do them all at the same time. No. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine that there is a single command that I could run that would take all of it down. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, for those that don't understand backbone network, between servers and data centers, there is there is a network, much like the internet, but it's not accessible from the internet usually. And it communicates between servers. Yeah, it's so, called a, a SDN, Software Defined Network. And it actually is a virtual network with virtual routing. As a matter of fact, a lot of Cisco switches now are just virtual. They're just software. They're not even hardware anymore. Right, right. And uh, so, you know, to, to bring that down uh, as easily as what this claims seems almost oh, ludicrous, actually. Uh, it says uh, that issue caused a secondary problem that ultimately made the outage into the interna- international incident that it became. When Facebook's DNS servers couldn't connect to the company's primary data centers, they stopped advertising the border gateway program protocol, uh, the routing information that every device on the internet needs to connect to a server. Um, again, there are redundant pathways. There are, there should be, there are some really, really, really smart people working at Facebook. Well, BGP advertising, we had that issue one time. And when you advertise your, your routers as BGP, basically the, you could have all the internet run through your router. Mm-hmm. You don't want that to happen. No. But it can happen. It has happened at the company that I've worked for. And we had to disable BGP because of that. Mm-hmm. If they weren't advertising their route, I could see how it didn't get out on one side, but how that propagates towards it. Well, it can, but it's just bad design. Well, and I can't imagine. Okay. I can imagine this taking down Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp in a section of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, a geographical section. Yeah. I can see that happening um, that are served by a certain data center. I can see ta- I can see an entire data center being take, ta- taken down. Maybe two or three, you know, depending on the proximity and, and addressing and, and so forth, but not the entire world. Yeah, to propagate like that, a lot of things have to go wrong. All right, so now you got a sound effect for conspiracy theories? I might. Traditionally, I am not a conspiracy theorist. What? Yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty much straightforward guy. You know, take things as they come. But this smells of uh, some underhanded stuff that uh, the Zuck is, uh, I guess, trying to pull the wool over our eyes or make us think one thing while he does another. What I'm seeing, what I'm thinking is, okay, go ahead. So you're saying that people will do something to distract from the crappy thing that they did? Well, uh, that might be exactly what I'm saying. Like Afghanistan? Oh, well, there's that. Oh, yes. Um, There's a lot of things in the world today that are merely distractions from what's really going on. 
Well, that's and, all the media is, but, is a well, distraction. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, they, well, it's all clickbait now. Mm-hmm. You know, and the headlines aren't always what the story reads. But anyway. Really? You mean yeah. I can't believe CNBC, Fox, and all Espe- the rest of them? Especially the, you know, the, the ads that are on their pages. Mm-hmm. And it says sponsored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like top 10 reasons that your pinky toe might fall off. So you're saying that they place ads in actual stories? I think that's happened once or twice. Once or twice. Oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I find that hard to believe. Oh, yeah. The integrity yeah, well, of news Well, you don't people. see a lot of it because you use the Brave browser. That's right. If you're using Chrome or uh, what is Microsoft's new Edge? Edge, yeah. Uh, Edge or, or, God forbid, Internet Explorer. Well, Internet um, Exploder has been deprecated. Doesn't but, mean people have stopped using it. Right. I know a lot of people still use it. But it's forcing you to upgrade to Edge. And, right. And Edge, for those who don't know, we call it Credge because it's really <laughs> Chromium. Yes. So it's a Google product. But with Microsoft stuff on top. Uh, just for, for those of you that don't know, uh, Microsoft has decided it does not need to follow uh, internet protocol regulations, Mm. Um, you know, protocol standards, I should say. So, you know, a lot of times developers have to write websites and, and, you know, on the development side where, you know, the programs actually run, not the make it pretty stuff, but, you know, the stuff that actually runs in the background. ActiveX? Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I don't think that even runs anymore anywhere. You'd be surprised. Yeah, probably. But uh, there's... Um, a lot of times you have to write your programs twice, mm-hmm. one for every browser in the world and another time for Microsoft or use compatibility mode. You can do that. Uh, but then if you know how to get to it. Yeah. But then your users suffer. Who cares about losers? I mean, users. <laughs> anyway, so what I was getting at with the, with the Facebook outage is I've heard, not real sure. I've heard there's been some. Some stuff that came out about Facebook. Really? Yeah. I heard somebody's been talking about Facebook in some of their practices and actually took uh, 10, I believe it was 10,000 documents of internal Facebook stuff um, and is now talking about that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have a story for that. Well, um, I like that, you know, and I think... Uh, you know what, let's, let's talk about that first, then we'll get to what my thinking is on this. Okay. So Facebook whistleblower reveals identity. She says company chooses to profit over safety. Get out of here. You mean money's more important than people's what? safety? What? A business that wants to make money? What? Get out of here. Internal documents published by the Wall Street Journal recently revealed that Facebook allowed VPs to break the rules, and that was aware of how Instagram affected the mental health of teens. Now the whistleblower who brought that information to light reveals herself as Frances Hagen in an interview with 60 Minutes, the New York Times has reported. I've seen a bunch of social networks, and it was subsequently worse at Facebook than what I had seen before. Facebook over and over again has shown it chooses profit over safety. Hagen joined Facebook in 2019 working on 
democracy, and misinformation issues while also handling counter-espionage, according to the personal website and Twitter account she and her team set up. She worked as a Facebook product manager and left the company in May. She first brought tens of thousands of pages of internal Facebook documents to whistleblower aid founder John Ty, requesting legal protection and help in releasing the information. The trove included internal company research, slide decks, cover letters, and more. She also filed a whistleblower complaint with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, accusing Facebook of taking internal actions that didn't match public statements. Uh, <laughs> I don't, well, I'm going to say, ahead. this is my thing. I don't see how anybody's surprised by this. How can no. you not be surprised that, with this? If you want to be educated about this, look at the social dilemma on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Watch that. Even the people who work at Facebook don't let their kids on Facebook. No. Uh, why would they? Uh, they know what it does. Not to mention, you know, these, this has all been speculation up until now. And people have been speculating about this for a long time with, you know, circumstantial evidence. Now we have bona fide hard copy uh, documents that show Facebook knows exactly what it's doing. These and, so and don't get me wrong. All they're trying to do is make more money. These social networks are making people mentally ill. I mean, yes. this says it right here. Yes. I've seen it personally with friends of mine mm -hmm. that it just makes them mentally ill. And there was a part to this story that you may mention, but I didn't see it on here. She was talking about how that some of these algorithms were partly responsible for what they called this insurrection. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to talk about that specifically, but. You know, it says, uh, you know, while this is, you know, it's, the, it's not the first time a Facebook critic has briefed lawmakers. Mm -hmm. uh, but Frances Hogan, her insider knowledge and expertise in algorithm design made her, you know, pretty effective. Her background as part of the company's civic integrity team. I love that title. <laughs> civic integrity team at Facebook. It meant that she was intimately familiar with some of the biggest problems on Facebook. Um, you know, she talked in, in detail about their algorithms and other internal systems and how they've hampered its efforts to slow misinformation and other problematic content. But she also praised the company's researchers, calling them heroes and said Facebook should be required to make their work public. And that's what I think. You know, it's not that they do this. I think it's more important that they make it transparent that they do this mm -hmm. and what it is they actually do. Um, you know, and the biggest thing that could uh, turn this off and stop it from happening is to remove this algorithmic, algorithmic ranking and go back to just a chronological feed. Now, you used it when Facebook and Twitter and these social networks first came out. That's how they ran. Yeah. It was a chronological feed of people you were friends with, people you followed, depending on which network you were on, you know, how it worked. But then the algorithms came. Then the algorithms came in and said, well, you know what? This is more important. You should read this. This is more important. You should see this first. And when that happened several years ago, you used to be able to turn on a switch. Mm -hmm. There was a switch that said either uh, top stories 
or most current. Right. But you had to turn it on every single time you logged into Facebook. It wouldn't save that setting. And now I don't think that setting's even available anymore. Well, the part that you were talking about is that Facebook, which has struggled to quill the leaks of late, preemptively pushed back in the 60 Minutes interview, calling the accusations misleading. <laughs> VP for Policy and Global Affairs Nick Clegg told CNN that Facebook represented the good, bad, and ugly of humanity and that it was trying to mitigate the bad... <laughs> <laughs> Reduce it and amplify the good. He added that it was ludicrous to blame January 6th on social media. Okay. Uh, look, so what you did say about the transparency, I get it. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, they should have transparency on how they do things. Is anybody going to read it? Hell no. No. They don't, they don't read EULA's. I know. They're, I know. They're not going to read it. Then the next step is down to Tipper Gore and the PMRC. Oh, God. If you're around during the 80s, you saw all these folks uh, getting pulled in front of Congress with Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, mm -hmm. talking about the nanny. It was really a nanny state function of mm -hmm. how these rap artists and heavy metal artists were bad for kids and they needed stickers on their albums. And they won. That's when I found out that uh, Dee Snyder could actually speak publicly pretty well. And intelligently. Yeah. And so there was a big lobbying going on, and I talk about grassroots lobbying, mm -hmm. not the guys who pay off politicians. Right. There was a grassroots lobby with all the artists to, to go against this thing, and they still won, and they got the stickers on the albums. So now when you go in... It, well, if you buy an album anymore or yeah. a CD, if you've yeah. ever, if you've seen one, but it's got the parental advisory sticker on it. Right. I don't like that stuff, but that's how I see the next step is that you get an advisory come over this, that this could be harmful to your health, like on cigarettes. Right. That this could cause harm or anything that is sold in California Proposition 65, <laughs> this could cause cancer. Uh, picking your nose could cause cancer yeah. or something can cause cancer. I, I, I'm wondering if the, this just occurred to me. The CDC may come out and say it's a health risk. Maybe. They're starting to do that with other things like gun rights. Well, they're starting to get political. Yeah. And that's where the CDC really should are. stop. And it, it's these companies, really, it's, it's like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where if your company does this, it should stay out of that. Yeah. If you're the EPA... Do what you do and do it well. Yeah. If you're the EPA, you should stay out of social issues. It's none of your damn business. Worry about the air. <laughs> the, prob the problem is, I'm going to use the EPA as an example. In 1982, they finished their mission that they were designed for. Mm -hmm. They're still around. Yep. They are bureaucracy. The main goal of bureaucracy is to maintain the bureaucracy. Yeah. I mean, if they start some type of department... Uh, Department of Truth. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh boy! <laughs> if they start ministry. some kind, of, let's just say the Ministry of Truth. Yeah. So they start the Ministry of Truth. That way they can uh, censor. I mean, uh, <laughs> vet every post. If they start that as a government office, it will never be decommissioned ever. How many fingers, Winston? Five. Um, <laughs> all right. Back to the story. Um, the Zuck came out and defended his company, saying that the accusations that were 
at he said they were at odds with Facebook's goals, which makes no sense to me. That doesn't mean they they weren't doing it. It's at odds with their goals. And he followed that up with and this is here's his quote. The argument that we deliberately push content that makes people angry for profit is deeply illogical. We make money from ads and advertisers consistently tell us they don't want their ads next to harmful or angry content. Um, hello? That's a Facebook getting its wings. God calling. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I don't... 100% disagree with him. I'm sure advertisers would prefer not to have their content next to harmful or angry content, but they want their ads viewed. They want their ads viewed as many times as possible. And most advertisers, most businesses really don't care as long as it doesn't look like they're endorsing something they're against. Okay. We're going down the rabbit hole. Okay. We're going down the rabbit hole. Where do all these companies make money? On selling your data. So on average, it makes $500 a year off of your data when you're on Facebook. And that's not counting Pinterest, Twitter. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the worst, man. Good Lord. Um, And all these companies, they make money off selling your data. That's Mm -hmm. what Amazon does. They make money on your data. So data is worth more than gold these days. And this this company just wants to know where you go, what you're doing, what time you're doing it, so that they can use that to market more stuff to you. Yes. I mean, it's, it's okay, people, I've had people say, no, that's not what they're doing. It is their sole purpose. It was in their documentation when they became, when they went public, mm-hmm. that their business is about data mining. Mm-hmm. Data mining means get as much data data as it, they can about you and all of their users so that they, they can then sell advertising space to advertisers. Doesn't sound all that bad at the first blush. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to see things that I want. Um, sounds pretty good. You know, things I'm already looking for. Well, here's where it gets nefarious is they have to have your eyes on that stuff and they have to get you addicted to it, mentally addicted to it. So what's the best way for the algorithm to do that? Get you outraged. People will only look so long at something that makes them happy, but something that makes them angry, they will keep looking at it. It's been proven over and over again. they, they they, They need you to see something or read something that makes you emotional. Yes. One of the really extreme emotions works the best, which anger is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get love all the time. You know, you're not going to get, you know, joy and happy all the time by scrolling through, especially if they do change it back to a chronological feed. You know, you're going to have to scroll through for hours before you see something you would really like. Now, with that said... There are people who would deliberately look for outrage type content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not disputing that. I know that there are people that would do that deliberately just so they could, they like that feeling. They like trying to do things that make them seem better than others. It's a powerful feeling. It, it really is. makes you feel superior. Well, it's, it's, it's the birth of the internet back with IRC and trolls. Mm-hmm. You know, trolls and flame wars were the, you know, that was the topic of the day. I'm smarter than you. Let me show exactly. you. Exactly. Let me show you how smart I am. 
Yeah, let me smack you down. You know, and that's what it was. And he's he's just really just built on that. Mm-hmm. And people can get outraged about things really in society today really easily. Outrage is something then you find an echo chamber, etc. But if Facebook was in a, cl- a chronological fashion, a lot of the people who are outraged today would not be because they're not going to be looking for it. They're not going to see it as much. And a lot of it is because of this algorithm puts it in front of you. You see it. You're immediately outraged when normally you would have never looked for it. You'd have never seen it. Mm -hmm. Well, and Facebook has a little bit of a different algorithm than, say, YouTube does. Because YouTube, you can start looking at puppies and you'll get tons of puppies. Yeah. If you start looking at Facebook and you look at puppies, then you'll see uh, abuse of puppies eventually. Yeah. And so the Facebook algorithm always goes to the negative. It never goes to the positive. I will say there's a a cool uh, documentary on, was it, I think it was Netflix, Mm -hmm. uh, called Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually really good. Um, And it's not what you think, if you even think anything. But, um, yeah, you know, it's funny, this whole controversy and stuff that's going on with Facebook right now is really about Facebook and privacy. Because mm-hmm. Facebook is, is getting all this data, and they get a lot more data than you think they do. I think I mentioned one time on, on this program that I had been at a conference and met with... Uh, uh, Some people that were there, we have no electronic communications whatsoever. This guy's phone number is not in my phone. Mine's not in his phone. Uh, We've never exchanged emails, nothing. I got home and I got, you know, people you may know on Facebook and there he was. Mm -hmm. So it was a proximity thing. You know, he and I were in the same place for a certain period of time. That's you know, that's the level at which they are getting data. I I got a, uh, had to get a new SIM card for my phone back in August and never saw this before. But in September, I got an email from Google saying, these are all the places you were. Nice. I was like, what the hell? So, you know, they're collecting all of this data and a lot, a lot more. And probably a lot of data that you don't know that they're collecting. Well, not to belabor the the issue, but I had the same thing happen at a motorcycle rally with people that were from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of crossed paths. And when I got home, it was the same thing. Do you know this guy? Do you know this guy? Do you know this person? And at that point, I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew that they were getting way more information than I was comfortable with. So I went into my settings and I took off places and locations. Yeah. And now I don't, I don't even mess with Facebook. I mean, we have one up for the podcast just for informational purposes and to post new podcasts. Look for us on Facebook tech tools. (laughs) We're going into a deep dive on this episode. Usually we have a lot of weird stuff that we say on here and a lot of news, but it looks like that we're going to be pretty much social media tech heavy. At least for a little bit. Yeah. One of, one of the things that people need to watch out for is getting their kids on this stuff. Yeah. 
getting them addicted because it says that they actually rewires their brain and their attention span goes to crap, especially with TikTok, which is Chinese run. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a known fact that it's run by the Chinese uh, Intel community. Yeah. If you have a child and you weren't going to post like their age, name, social security number online, then why are you letting them get on TikTok? Because you're doing the same thing. Yep. And more. And let me tell you folks out there, especially with Twitter, Twitter records your GPS coordinates every time you tweet. And that is public data. I can access that. So let me tell you where that's dangerous. If you're sitting at home and tweeting on eight o'clock on Tuesday nights or your, or your children are, Mm -hmm. I know where your children are at a certain time. And I can look up your Twitter and I can figure out where you are murder ensues or whatever, whatever you want. I mean, it's, you're talking safety. Some of these, uh, I know Facebook and Twitter, you can sign up for free analytics. Well, I can, I can go onto Twitter and download a photo you just took and get the geolocation data from that photo. Mm-hmm. It's in the metadata. Yeah. And there are websites out there. I don't know any off the top of my head, the names of them, but there are websites out there. You just upload the photo and it will give you all the metadata, including the latitude and longitude of where that was taken. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Surveillance really state. is. Um, and we're giving this information to them. Yeah. Gladly giving it. Yeah. Freely giving this information. And, but, but again, I think most people have no idea how much information they're you know, they're giving, you know, it's just like we talked last week about uh, the Amazon Astro. Oh, boy. I was thinking about that <laughs> and his periscoping camera and uh, what is it? Three cameras, five cameras, something. I don't know. But um, it had multiple cameras and it's got the periscoping camera, etc. And it's going to roam around your house while you're not there. And map your house. It's going to map your house. And who says, I mean, I could see this as part of a business plan that who says that it's not going to be taking pictures of things in your house. So Amazon knows what to sell you. Exactly. Image recognition saying he doesn't, he has this, but doesn't have that. And the next recommendation is, have you thought about buying this? He has a VCR. He needs a DVD player. He does. And he buys the DVD player. He needs a Bluetooth. Or Fire Stick. He needs, uh, yeah, Bluetooth. I meant uh, (laughs) Blu-ray. Your teeth are blue, boy. He looks at your, you know, it looks at your TV. He needs an Amazon TV. Mm -hmm. Well, he needs an upgrade because he's got a cheap TLC or TCL (laughs) that you buy at Walmart. Yeah. Uh, Which Amazon sells those too. You know, it's, this is, I think this is the age that we're getting into where, whether you like it or not, people are using technology to, in an attempt to influence you to buy their products. And I mean, much more than normal marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. This is this is more uh, manipulation, and you know, Isn't that uh, what marketing is. It, it is to a degree, but you know, it's one thing to lie to somebody. It's another thing to make them believe they they thought it. Nothing eases pregnancy like smoking a cigarette. That's right. That's 
what doctors say. That's what Doctor Spock said. That the, the, that true true story, yeah. folks. True story. It was in uh, the "What to Expect When You're Expecting" book from when my uh, ex-wife's mother was pregnant with my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. It said, "You know, if you're feeling stressed, have a cigarette and a glass of wine." Nice. While pregnant. Mm-hmm. Granted, that was 1968. Well, the problem with all this is, let's get to the root of the problem. It's the user. The user is the problem because yeah. they freely give away their freedoms. They don't have to take away your freedoms. No. You're giving them away. And as long as Facebook, Twitter, whomever is keeping you outraged, mm-hmm. you will be more likely to give up more because of the addiction that it causes. It's a mental addiction. It is. Well, one of the things that I was going to say earlier is it was down. Well, people might have got some peace, but then I take that back because people might have been freaking out because they didn't have their feed. That's what I was going to get to. You know, when uh, I started with this about Facebook being down and then we went off and talked about all this stuff about Facebook. And now let's bring it back around as it's more likely. I can't prove this and nobody can. Uh, But I would find it more likely that Facebook went down internationally to show people how much they need Facebook. Mm. Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So it's that takeaway sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this isn't right for you. Fear of loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, FOMO, you know, fear, yeah. fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Oh, my God. That's, well, and that's what, especially with the outrage and the anger and the hatred that it promotes, that's what really you know, drives that is the fear of missing out. Fear I'm going to miss something. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to say something on this subject that I need to see so I can either one, uh, agree with them or two, be outraged and show them why I'm outraged. Well, it's just like anything else. You've, you've got to be an informed consumer. Yes. And you have to know what's out there. Now, what we're talking about is they're hiding that fact. Yes. And they're hiding and denying it. And they're hiding the fact that this stuff is detrimental to children. There are so many new cases of anorexia, body dysmorphia, because people think that they need to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, folks, these guys taking these pictures of their fabulous life, they don't look like that. (laughs) No, no. They got problems just like you. Well, I mean, that goes back to uh, the 70s maybe even earlier, but I remember there was a model named Twiggy back in the 70s, very famous uh, supermodel, one of the first that they actually called a supermodel. She was so thin. I think she was tall and less than 100 pounds. I mean, she was super, super thin. Mm -hmm. And um, that became a rallying cry to a lot of these feminists saying, you shouldn't look like that. You're making young women think they need to look like that. And that's, well, they this, won. Have you seen supermodels lately? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but the thing is, this has been going on for 30, 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. but never to this degree. You know, the argument has always been, well, this has always been this way. Young girls all have always had body image issues. Yeah, but now you're putting it in their face. You're shoving it in their face. And then when they're on Instagram and they're looking up something, they're going to be shown something else. 
that's going to make them have even a worse body image. Yeah. Uh, because Facebook knows what it's doing. It does this intentionally. And now they want to have Instagram for kids. And their reasoning behind this, get ready, is so kids can be prepared for social media. This is where the pedophile comes in. Yes. And folks out there, pedophilia bad. But if you've got a place that's concentrated with kids, guess who's going to be on it? Yeah. It's going to be that creepy guy at the back of the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, the one that has that free po- free Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, wow, we did uh, a lot on, on this stuff, but there is a lot. In there. I mean, we could probably talk for hours on this, and hopefully we're illuminating some of our audience on some of the things that you know, we know are going on. These are provable, 100% uh, undeniable things that are going on. These are not theories. These are documented, provable things. Not conspiracy theory. No, they're not. Now, the conspiracy theory was my thought that Facebook took themselves down on purpose mm-hmm. just to create that fear of missing out, saying, hey, look what you'll be missing if we take this down. But I know one person out there who probably doesn't listen to this podcast that's saying, you guys are just really crazy. That isn't the way it works at all. And that person, when they roll into a room, the first thing they're doing is scrolling. A room full of people that they could be talking to, but they're face down in their phone. Yep. There's a lot of people like that. It's amazing to me how many times I'll go to a restaurant and there'll be a family of four, and all four of them are facing their phone. Crazy. I mean, I have a rule, and I will call people out, too, at the table. If I go out to dinner with somebody, your phone goes face down. Yeah. And that's it. And I will call you out. Mine's in my pocket. Like, Put your damn phone down. I think that was the name of one of our podcasts. Yeah, it was. Huh? Go back and visit that one. <laughs> <laughs> and for God's sakes, if you're in public, don't use speakerphone. Oh, good Lord. Nobody wants to hear your conversation. Nobody cares. You're not that damn important. No. The only person you're important to is yourself. (laughs) Everybody else thinks you're an asshole. I, I have some good Apple news. Awesome. I am actually going to praise them. Praise? I'm not being sarcastic. Apple? I'm not being, I am not being sarcastic. No shit. Okay. All right. Along the same lines. Hit me with it. Apple is making it easier to delete accounts attached to third party apps. The company has also confirmed its app reporting tool is supported in macOS. Apple required developers to offer a way to create accounts in their apps that also offer a way to delete them, starting with app submission on January 31st, 2022, the company shared Wednesday. The account deletion requirement was originally announced alongside several changes to Apple's developer guidelines in WWDC 2021. Account deletion is a minor convenience, but considering how often apps require accounts and how easy it is to delete an app without ending your relationship with the company, amen, (laughs) (laughs) connecting to it. It's welcome. Apple's announcement suggests that the developers allow the users to initiate deletion of the account within the app. So it's possible implementations of these account deletion features could bump you into browser during some part of the process. Amen. I like, uh, I like it. Oh my God. Apple? Apple. 
Apple's doing this. That that actually uh, of any company that's really surprises me. You know, I might have to change my thoughts on Apple because mm. it seems like lately they're doing more for privacy without allowing apps to crosstalk by default. Right. Without them, you know, they've containerized certain things to where, you know, kind of a Chinese mm-hmm. wall mm-hmm. that they can't go across. Uh, man, I, I tell you, I'm starting to rethink my Apple philosophy. Well, I mean, you it's know, just the they, cost. They, well, <laughs> That's they, the problem. They, they've moved up on my scale a little bit, but they're still not. Yeah, they're not as any more trustworthy than many, many of the others out there. Well, I'll tell you one thing that that Android is only here to collect your information. And yeah. that's all Android is, is for. Absolutely. Well, it's like, um, I, like I said about the Google email I got. Well, it, it goes back to when we used to buy these a long time ago, Packard Hell, I mean, Packard Bell <laughs> computers, and they would come with AOL pre-installed. They would come with um, Mac, McAfee yep, yep. pre-installed. All these programs pre-installed. Well, those companies paid Packard Bell, uh, Compaq, Dell yeah. to install this crap on there to lower the price. So they play, pay a premium. You get the computer at a lower price. Amazon mm-hmm. does the same thing with their tablets. Mm-hmm. They have advertising on the front screen unless you pay $30 more. Right. And then you can have that removed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, yeah, all the apps on your phones. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get a new phone, it's got, what, 100 apps, I don't know, maybe 50. I don't know. It's a lot. And 90% of them you will never use. Well, unless you get a Pixel and you get none of that because Google wants it all for themselves. Well, yeah, there's that. Sounds like Amazon. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get the YouTube app, of course, but that's a Google property. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, I, I do like that. Um and it might be, it might be their their foray into becoming more user friendly, as in, um, you know, more accessible to the average user, you know, marketing that type of thing. Because uh, I do see Apple as tanking soon. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of headless without jobs. They, well, they, there's a lot of internal strife at Apple. And, you know, it's just not going to, it's not going to be sustainable if they kowtow to a lot of the demands that are being forced upon them. I mean, their whole culture is woke. I mean, it it was grown up as a woke culture. Well, go woke, go broke. Go woke, go broke. All right. That's all I have for that. What do you got next? That's all you got? Jeez. Hey, man, I did not prepare well today. I see that. All right. Amazon. Amazon? Yeah. They don't collect any data. (laughs) No, but the Astro does. Um, Amazon, you know, it's, it keeps getting these giant tax breaks, even though. Get out of here. Even though they had record profits last year and was being termed questionable labor practices. Hold on. Hold on. We need, we need to. Open up the debt ceiling. Who's going to pay for it? All the rich people. No, they're not, folks. Because nope. these ultra-rich people, they pay zero in taxes, and they get tons of tax breaks. Why? Because of lobbyists. Yep. Well, and a lot, well, actually, it's a lot of it is directly the politicians themselves. 
Mm-hmm. They want Amazon to build, uh, well, well, here it says, uh, regional governments are still eager to court Amazon's business despite uncertain economies and Amazon's own practices. According to the Financial Times, the economic watchdog Good Jobs First has determined that Amazon has so far received about $650 million in local and state tax incentives in 2021 to build out its next day and same day delivery operations. What? That's a record for the company and comes close to the $750 million Amazon received to build its second headquarters. Oh boy. Yeah. That's um, well, let's, let's get, let's get this out. So AWS, which is an Amazon property, Mm -hmm. guess who they service? The U S government. Yeah. So they have those big fat contracts. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Bezos is whining about. They're well, like, what, 40% of the internet now? Servers? Yeah. Yeah, well, and Bezos is whining about that he's not getting any rocket contracts, but yet he has all the internet contracts. It's like, dude, come on. How much money do you need, bro? I wouldn't buy rockets that look like that either. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody who hasn't seen them. Go look it up. you got to look at his rockets. Go look it up. Back to, uh, back to Austin an, Powers. Straight out of an Adam and Eve catalog. Uh, yeah, the largest incentive was $322 million 12-year property tax abatement pending in Markham, Illinois, followed by a nearly $151 million 15-year tax exemption package in Monroe County, New York. What? 15 years exemption? Yeah. Where can I get me one of those? I want one. Uh, give me a year and a half. A tenth. A tenth of it. A year and a half. I'll be good with that. But who's this on the backs of? the taxpayers in the uh, that local community get out of here well and here's the thing i understand uh wanting incentives to get you know businesses to come in and build and you know i understand that uh amazon keeps touting itself as this new progressive model uh they're going to be what carbon free by 2024 or something mm-hmm. um all of their delivery vehicles are going to be uh, what propane or, or something electric, maybe I don't know something <laughs> other than other than traditional gas, um, in the next couple of years. And how are they going to pay for that? Incentives, tax breaks, incentives they're going to pay for it. Out, well, yeah, they're not going to pay for it out of their own profits. No, um, you know, the thing is, Amazon keeps justifying these incentives because of job creation, economic investment. Um, they said they created over 400,000 jobs in 2020 alongside a $150 billion investment. Mm-hmm. Nowhere can I find what their investment was in. Yeah. The thing is, even, if there's, even if there's an employment <laughs> increase, the question is, you know, whether or not Amazon should be accepting tax incentives in the first place. Mm-hmm. It made more profit in the first year of the pandemic than it did in the previous three years. And shut down all the mom and pops. $26.9 billion. Wow. Profit. That's more than a that's lot of small profit. countries. Yeah, that's not revenue. That's profit. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't exactly need those tax breaks. And again, I am a free market guy. But free market doesn't usually include tax breaks either. Well, and it's on the backs of the taxpayers. So the yeah. taxpayers have to make up what they're not, 
do, I mean, the infrastructure that has to be there for these big trucks, these trucks tear up the road. If the roads aren't built properly, have to be repaired more often. And that gets paid for by the taxpayer of the local community. Well, and you know, it's all based on a false premise also that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's creating all these new jobs. Well, there's not really a net job benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a study that shows that Amazon warehouse attracted workers from other companies rather than just expanding the overall workforce in that area. Well, in your area up in uh, North Kakalaki, uh-huh. Dell pulled out yeah. because of tax incentives. Yep. They gave them tax incentives. And then once the tax incentives was done, they pulled out and went back to Texas. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, if you saw the tax structure in North Carolina, you would see why. Yeah. I mean, their property taxes are outrageous. Well, not only that, but if you were a company, you have to go in and audit everything that's in there from desks, yep. monitors. Yep. You have to pay taxes on yeah. every piece of equipment that that company owns. Yes. Until it's been depreciated, which is a three-year depreciation cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we used to, uh, one of the companies I used to work for at the end of the three-year cycle we would just donate our old computer equipment to schools and different things because we got the tax break from that. Mm-hmm. And it, was, uh, it wasn't worth us keeping it because of the taxes that we'd have to pay on it. And plus you have to destroy it, was, it properly. Yeah. Yes. You can't just throw that no. stuff in the trash. No. Mercury and lead and all the things that are involved in it. Yeah. Yeah, if you go to a recycling center, you can't just throw away a computer or a monitor or a TV, you know, in the regular general garbage bin. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, a company whose net profit during the pandemic put a lot of people out of business, $26.9 billion, and they need tax incentives to move somewhere. Sweet. Well, enough tech. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Something funny. Okay. I, I like don't funny. know. It may be serious. I don't know. Man playing lottery shocks reporter with how he would spend his winnings. Oh. And he says, and I'll do it in the voice because right. he's he's from Louisiana. righty. Which is right next door to it where is, I live. Yes, it is. So I think I can I think I can pull it off. Well, I'm definitely gonna get a new supercharged Mustang with dull exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine. And I'll be good to go. <laughs> a man in, hey, at least he's honest. Well, at least he knows what he likes. Yeah. A man in Shreveport, Louisiana, didn't win last night's Powerball <laughs> jackpot, but he may have won the internet with his dreams of how he would spend his winnings. The man identified only as James was being interviewed by Corey Johnson of KSLA TV, which is unimportant to me. Mm. In Shreveport, when he frankly admitted what he would do if he won the nearly $700 million prize. It would surprise me if there's not a GoFundMe account for this guy. Well, so she asked, so you like cars? Johnson then bantered with anchor Doug Warner, who's back in the studio. I don't like cars. I don't know what I would do with all that money. I would have to sit on it and pray on it for a day. Talking about cocaine. Uh Okay. Uh Um, figure out what I want to do with it. Because yeah, Coke and prayer go well together. Yes. Anyway, thought that one was uh, kind of <laughs> funny. 
in a human interest story since we're like it. since we were doing almost an entirely tech podcast. Yeah. I, I like to think that we keep our tech talk at uh, at a level that you know everybody can understand and relate to and, and you know, instead of being the Uber geeks and you know, I mean we could sit here and talk talk sands and transmission rates and you know, all kinds of different things. But uh, I like to think that we keep it where the average person could listen and then still get something from it. Not this episode. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. But we got to veer off every once yeah. in a while. What else you got? Oh, God bless you, but F you. Sweet. It's <laughs> what Pitbull said for uh, people who hate America. Becoming yeah. a fan of Pitbull and Nicki Minaj yes. day by day. Yep, yep, yep. Cuban-American singer Armando Christian Perez, known as Pitbull. Perez. Um, they call him a singer. He's a rapper. Um, I don't know if... Is rapping singing? Is that what they call it? I'm or, not even going to get into I that. don't know either. Anyway, he's gone viral on social media after a video of him sending a forceful message to those who criticize the United States. And it started making the rounds. Uh, he says, to ever the F doesn't like the United States of America... May God bless you, but F you at the same time. Um, I, I like, like him. this man. I like, I this like man. him. I like him. Uh, he says, well, uh, if let you me, don't, let me ask you, is is he is he Puerto Rican or is he Cuban? Cuban? Both his parents are from Cuba. That's why. Yes. Because he's lived in communism. Yes. And well, he his knows, parents have. And he yeah. knows what socialism and communism are all exactly. about. Exactly. It's all about bread lines. Absolutely. It's about... It's about equity, mm-hmm. which is least common denominator. It's not equality. There's a, I've heard people say, oh, it's just a different way to say equality. No, mm-hmm. equity and equality are two completely different things. Everybody's poor except for the 5% yes. at the top. Yes. And they get everything. Yes. Everybody will be the same, but for everybody to be the same, it's all got to be the least common denominator. Yep. He also says, uh, if you don't like the United States of America, go back to the countries where where the F from and see how you appreciate the United States of America. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> I love it. Um, now, you know, some people are saying he's just looking to get paid. I don't know. I think. That's bold. Based man. on. Uh, that based, is. No, that's. That's yeah. bold. That could be career ending. That could be career ending. In this. In this environment. So. I. I yeah, hey man. Good on him. One good on him for speaking his mind. Instead Absolutely. of going. Going with the sheep. And going. Yeah. I'm a rule follower. <laughs> well. It's. It's. It's the fact that. All these other celebrities. I hate that word. Celebrity. Um, all these other thing, I should listen to what they have to say because exactly. I'm sure they pay their own light bill. Well, yeah. Well, it's like uh, Taylor Swift, right? Mm-hmm. I have nothing personally against her, right? But um, she's against one of the gubernatorial candidates in Virginia. Stay out of politics. One, one of the guys that are, well, do your deal. She's not doing. She's not really saying much, but all of her followers are coming out against this governor. Because, well, oh, he bought the master tapes um, of her, some of her early recordings. And he owns them now. Mm-hmm. So he has the rights to them. So she can't play some of those songs on stage without paying a royalty. Yeah. And that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Well. That's, uh, bad. that's a bad contract. It is. It is. But because of this, 
all these Taylor Swift fans are saying not to vote for him. That has nothing to do with politics. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with anything, really. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's what celebrity does. The problem I'm having is all these celebrities, many of them started with nothing. Mm -hmm. Some of them started a little higher up, but many of them started with nothing. Um, Toby Maguire, the, the guy who played, he's been in several things. He's played Bobby Fischer and he's what Seabiscuit, Spider-Man. Spider yeah. He, le he came from a pretty bad family, dropped out of school and left home when he was in the ninth grade and not look at him. Well, and I'm not calling him out specifically. I'm just saying, you know, he's just one person um, that came from nothing. Right. Well, these people have now accumulated massive wealth mm -hmm. um, and a following, and they're condemning the system that got them to the point where they are. <laughs> the system that made them, they're trying to destroy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, it's like the girl I talked about the other a uh, couple weeks ago who said death to America in a country, one of the only countries in the world where she could actually say that. We just have it too good. That's what it is. People have it too good, and they need to find some struggle, so they create struggle. Yeah. It's a survival instinct that's all built into us, and then if we don't quill it, then we will destroy ourselves. And that's how I see these people. They're just destroying themselves. We always talk about the pendulum. I call it the rubber band effect. But you go too far one way, it's going to come back the other way. All right, well... You know, I also got this story. You know, we've talked about uh, people being offended. We've talked about uh, people who don't like this country. We talked about, we've talked about a lot of stuff. But her. Yeah. Well, Dave Chappelle, who, the dude is funny. Dude, his, his last hilarious. special was hilarious. And it was unapologetic. Yeah, exactly. And that's how comedy should be anyway. Absolutely. It should be brave. It shouldn't be woke. Exactly. Say what you want to say, not what you think, not what you've been bullied into saying. Um, you know, Dave Chappelle came out and said, uh, people are more offended over DaBaby's homophobic comments than killing a man. DaBaby is a, a rapper. I don't, I've never heard of him. Okay. Um, I had to look him up. Uh, just, uh, he's just another rapper. Uh, but, um, doesn't surprise, surprise me that I don't know him cause we're a couple of white guys. Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he addressed the baby's homophobic comments at uh, rolling loud Miami during his new Netflix special, the closure saying that people were more offended by that than the fact that he killed a man back in 2018. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of. You know, what he said is part of the LGBTQIAPPLMNOP++ hashtag. Um, okay, I had, <laughs> I added a little bit there. That's um, awesome. Part of the LGBTQ community doesn't know DeBaby's history. He once shot 19-year-old Jalen Craig and killed him in Walmart. This is true. DeBaby shot and killed a man in Walmart in North Carolina. Nothing bad happened to his career. Do you see where I'm going with this? In our country, you can shoot and kill a man, but you not better not hurt a gay person's feelings. Mm. That statement in and of it, you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. That just 
cost him everything. I'm thinking. I don't think so. Chappelle's pretty resilient, dude. He is. He and is. And he has a level of give a fness that yeah. Elon does. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. I've made my money. He's got fu money at this point. He does. He does. He can say what he wants, and he can walk away if he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, though, I think he's one of them that, that needs the maybe not the spotlight, but to be somewhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like I, I I just don't get the. Well, this is going back to the whole outrage thing. Words are assault. No, they're not. Smacking somebody in their effing mouth is Words are violence. And then silence is violence. So pick one, folks. Well, you have to use the right words. Oh, I need the right speak dictionary version 11? You do, and you need a hashtag. (laughs) I can see the hashtag hashtag getting on the wheel. I'm going to re I'm going to rework that we, the wheel. You need to do some work on that wheel. I'm going to put some um, hashtags on there, some colons and, <laughs> and not the type you got oh, in your body. Oh yeah, no, none that have to be like never mind. No cameras put in there. Um well that the code that you were writing C colon pound pound pound. <laughs> bang bang. Uh so Oh, uh, that's about all all we've got for today. Uh, you know what? Actually, I did want to... I'm going to give you a quiz. Remember last week I talked about... No, I don't remember last <laughs> week at all. <laughs> Where, did you win the lottery? Hey, man. Um, <laughs> last week I was talking about a conference I was invited to in, in uh, the... Oh, the Woke Marvel, Spoke. Yeah, yeah the, the Marvel Spoke. Yeah. This is a developer conference. This is all like computer programmers and, and business developers and... I got an email from them this morning on a new speaker. Tell now me I'm more. Gonna, I'm going to read you part of the bio that they put in. It's a little one paragraph thing. See if you can figure out who this is. Uh, she became a role model, champion. She It's a she. Mm-hmm. Role model, champion, and inspiration for women, families, and young people across America and around the world. Today, she is the New York Times bestselling author of blank, Host of her own podcast, is an advocate for education and LGBTQ rights, is a devoted mother, and so much more. Nowhere does it say anything about systems development. Mm -hmm. But guess who we get to hear from? Hillary Clinton. Close. Michelle Obama. Uh, That's not a woman. That's a dude. Michael? Michael Obama. That's Michelle with a bulge. I've seen mm. pictures and video. I don't know. Um, but he, he, she is yoked, man. Yeah. Yoked. Well, I don't want to hear. You know, if I'm at a developer's conference, I want to hear about what I'm developing on. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about strategic pathways that the company is going. I want to hear, you know, what's coming in the future. I don't want to hear how, you know, Asians are being mistreated in Hollywood. Right. You know, I don't want to hear how we need to take away fat kids' lunches at schools. No, yeah, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. If if somebody brought in a lunch that wasn't healthy, they would it would actually be taken away. Michelle Obama fat shamed? Yeah. Oh no. No, not that. 
Yeah, big news. Reserve your seat at, you know what I'm going to say? Twilio is the name of the company that's doing this, their Signal Conference. Big news. Reserve your seat at Twilio's seventh annual Signal Conference uh, for an opportunity to hear from former First Lady of the United States, Michelle Obama. No. Yeah, I'm good. Hard pass. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm good. I can read about what I need to know. I think we're going to cut this one, uh, cut this one off. All right, we got stuff week. to do, man. So uh, we're gonna, yeah, we we actually have jobs. <laughs> yeah, we got stuff to do. So we're gonna rip this one off the record. Oh, there it oh. is. All right, well, we'll close this. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, my email address is scott at techtools dot net. That's t e k t o o l z dot net. And Dean, where are you at? And I am Dean at techtools.net. And much like Scott, it's T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z.net. Tell us about that glorious website. That glo- glory? Whoa. Not glory hole, glorious. <laughs> um, as I said, uh, it will be up uh, when this podcast gets uh put out there it should be up that day or the next so if you're hearing this the website is up techtools.net techtools.net if you get a chance to donate please help us we're poor <laughs> we uh you know, this yeah it's not free to do what we're doing um even but, though uh, we believe in freedom this is not free yeah well freedom is not free no it's but not. it's worth it all right well till next week folks have a good week And don't let the social media get you down. Stay safe. Stay safe, Dean. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs>